SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Warning. The following program contains shocking content that may give you a better or worse than pessimistic hope on anything you like, especially when it comes to your love of sports, entertainment, and even your own morning culinary experiences. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Has the NFL fallen so far down the pecking order that they're being trumped by a dopey, meaningless, ugly-looking tree-lighting ceremony? Wow. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Welcome to Bagels and Bad Beats with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, on this Wednesday, December 2nd morning. Yours truly sitting in for the next two glorious hours, taking your phone calls at 844-843-6879. Again, that's toll-free, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me. Go to my website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact Scott icon and fire away. Emails, tweets, phone calls right here again on the Bagels and Bad Beats on this Wednesday, December 2nd. Well, let's play ball. Uh, Super 7, not letting the little guys in. Blue Bloods in action on the hardwood. Philadelphia Freedom, way to go, ACC. Whose seat is hottest? 16-0 versus 0-16. What's more likely? Sun doesn't shine in El Paso. Sun doesn't shine on the committee and camping out in the NBA. We'll get to all those stories again, plus your phone calls, emails, and tweets right here on a Bagels and Bad Beats on this uh, Wednesday, December 2nd. What's up, my friends? How are you on this uh, Wednesday morning getting set for, believe it or not, NFL football? We don't normally host shows on Sunday, so we don't normally host shows when there's NFL football, but we're going to make an exception on this Wednesday, although we do on Thursday. So, But we have Wednesday afternoon football today. How about that? You know, I can actually get used to this. I hear, you, know, uh, you know, Thursday nights are, are kind of weird. You know, you, you're getting ready for the upcoming weekend games, and, and you know, the generally the Thursday night games aren't great anyway. We've had a happy, decent schedule this year, better than in years past, but just kind of sticks out like a, like a sore thumb on, on a Thursday night because you're so close to, you know, the weekend stuff with college football as well. But a Wednesday and a Wednesday afternoon game in particular, I could get used to this. I really, you know, there's a reason why Dopey Mac football is actually pretty popular. It's because they play, you know, at least this year anyway, on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And, uh, you know, in some of the years, it, it's been Thursdays as well. It's been thrown into the schedule thanks to the four-letter network. And we've kind of like grown accustomed to that, uh, kind of our appetizer to a big uh, college football Saturday slate. You know, kind of like the NFL as well. Now, I can really, you know, get used to this uh, Wednesday afternoon football. There's something about it being an afternoon game. I know, as the promo you may have heard there, you know, ripped on the NFL for uh, having this game on an afternoon instead of a Wednesday. And I still don't quite understand why they couldn't have had this game Wednesday night and then move the tree ceremony to Thursday. I mean, if, if you went to the folks in New York, if you're NBC and you're broadcasting the thing, and that's supposedly why it's Wednesday afternoon versus Wednesday night, you're going to get the tree lighting ceremony later on tonight. You couldn't have gone to New York City and said, listen, do, do us a favor. You know, we pay you a gazillion dollars every single year to broadcast the lighting of this dopey tree. You know, have it on Thursday, will you please? You know, we were supposed to have football on Thursday, so it's not like you had something great planned. 
pushed it off to Thursday. This week, maybe you could do the NFL Wednesday night, but they didn't do that for some reason. So we got, uh, as it turns out, uh, as we welcome in our full audience here, as it turns out, we got some Wednesday afternoon football in the NFL, starting just after 3.30 Eastern time. Bagels and Bad Beats on this Wednesday morning. Uh, with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, as we always do, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. Got some college basketball to get to from uh, later on, uh, from uh, last night. A couple of uh, Blue Bloods going at it. You know, Kansas, Kentucky, Dukey Pukies, and Michigan State were in action uh, in the tournament that they hold. And then uh, we got some college football notes uh, as well, and then some other NFL notes trying to figure out who's on the hot seat uh, with the latest uh, firing, uh, you know, coming up this past uh, Thanksgiving weekend with uh, Matt Patricia being out in Detroit, and you got a couple of other guys that are really sitting on the hot seat. So it's, it's hump day here, so we'll have some fun uh, with the NFL. I think no, no major, major surprises, although I do have at least one that I think uh, most people wouldn't point to as a head coach that's in a little bit of trouble, but I, I do believe that. But we'll start with the NFL uh, as the Pittsburgh Steelers are a whopping double-digit favorite over the Baltimore Ravens. This game opened up. It was three and a half, four depending on when and where you did your shopping, you know, a week and a half ago. Don't forget, this was supposed to be the Thanksgiving night game. So we are, you know, well past where you know, we had replacement from Thanksgiving to Sunday. Then it went from Sunday to Monday. Uh, then it was going to be Tuesday. Now they pushed it off until Wednesday. So th this is basically the bottom line. Either you play today or you can't play because then it's getting too much into the following week. So th this was Baltimore had a couple of more players, you know, supposedly no big deal and because they were quarantined. Um, you know, the NFL is stretched to its limits on not having any game just be postponed. I mean, this is really as far as they could possibly go. Maybe, again, that's, uh, that's why ultimately I really believe the NFL didn't play tonight versus this afternoon. I, I think they wanted to give these teams just a few extra hours. You, you play an 8.30 game. That thing doesn't get over until 11.30 midnight. You know, in the case of Baltimore, since you're the road team, by the time you get on your plane and hop back to Baltimore, you fly back east to Baltimore, you know, you're looking at at least, at the very least, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, right? Uh, you know, and probably even maybe later than that. So it kind of wipes out all of Thursday, and you really are not getting prepared for the next week's games until Friday. Each guy's going to get a day off. And it really would have been behind the eight ball. At least now, you got a 3.30 game, and it's 6.30, and it's kind of lost around the game by 8.30. It's not plugged off from the airport, how fast you get there. You know, and then back over an hour or so later, if you only get 9.30, it's 10, 10.30, if you have to get to the game. Actually, that's that. Right, Bagels and Bad Beats. Lots of Look, you have a simple choice. Keep listening and get the winning edge, or don't. And wish you had. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. I wouldn't say my level of confidence is very high because I think nationally we're seeing a resurgence in the virus and we haven't seemed to have found a way to control it nationally. So I don't think it's going to be any different within the NFL. I mean, certainly everyone's trying the best that they can to make sure that we're safe. But I mean, this virus, you just, we don't know enough about it. It seems very unpredictable. And obviously now it's surging again. So you know, we're taking it one day at a time, praying everyone stays safe and healthy, uh, not only within the NFL, but 
around the, the world, around the globe. Um, you know, it's hard to really be confident when, when this thing seems to be spreading like wildfire. Vegas about beats on this Wednesday morning. 13 minutes past the hour. Here's through Scott Webster City in taking it right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. Matthew Slater of the New England Patriots is showing no confidence in the NFL. Listen, you know, uh, nothing or nothing against some of these athletes. You know, we don't have the most of America, you know, 99.99999% of America doesn't have the luxury of just being able to say, well, you know what, I'm not confident in staying safe, so I'm not going to play anymore. I'm not going to go to work anymore. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to live my life anymore. I mean, you know, uh, some of us are working from home. I, listen, I'm working from home, so it's not like, uh, you know, I have not had the benefit of not having to go into work every single day. But most of us, we just can't say, listen, you know, sorry, guys, sorry, radio stations. I, I can't do a radio show. Well, why not? Well, I just don't feel safe. Well, uh, neither does anybody else, but you still have to work. You still have to pay your bills. You know, the handouts haven't come in a long time from the government. And, and you know, knock on wood, we're trying to get the economy up and rolling again and people out there working. You know, you just got to do things that make yourself safe. That's all. You know, if you don't feel safe, then don't yell and complain about the NFL. They're the ones that are paying you a million dollars. This guy's making a million dollars a year, for goodness sakes. You know what? Go to the team. Go to the Patriots and say, listen, I'm not happy with the way the conditions are. Somehow or another, you know, make the facilities a little bit cleaner. Give us more of this. Give us more, you know, masks. Give us more antiseptic cleaners. Give us whatever the case may be. Clean up our stalls a little bit more. You know, complain that way versus complaining about what do you want to do? You want to shut down? Is that what you want to do? You don't want to play football? You don't want to make a million dollars a year plus? Is that, is that what you're telling us? You, you want to go home and then what? Not live? You, you don't think you're going to have to still have to deal with the virus? You don't think you're going to still have to go out and do food shopping and go to the malls and go to the, the post offices? and go to the gas stations and, and, and live your life, go to the banks. You still have to do all that stuff. So if you still have to do all that stuff, then why not just go go play football? But if you don't, you know what? Stop complaining. Go opt out. There's a number of teammates that opted out on the Patriots at the beginning of the year. There's no rule that says the NFL says you can't opt out now. So you know, pick pick your poison. Which one? Pardon the pun. But, but you know, pick what, what side you're on. You either want to play and, and deal with the, you know, circumstances as they are or don't play. It's, it's as simple as that. You know, there's no rule that says you have to go, go to the bank every other Friday with a seven-figure paycheck. You want to give that up? Go knock yourself out. Like I said, I don't know how many players there were, but I'm, there were a number of players, and I know there were a number of Patriots that opted out before the season began. Every team basically had some or darn near every team anyway. So you wouldn't be, you know, out on an island if that's the case, Matthew Slater. But some of these players that are, are bitching about it, it's just, you know, what do you want the NFL to do? You know, they're trying to put millions of dollars in your pocket, okay? NBA managed it with the, uh, you know, with the players. Uh, the NHL managed it with its players. Uh, soccer is managing it with its players. You know, baseball found a way to get it done. NFL is trying to find a way to get it done. You know, they, they thought they had a reprieve. Uh, when it looked like things were slowing down and, and they got the season underway, um, you know, I knew they they must have known there were going to be some hiccups along the way. You, you're getting a hiccup right now. Uh, that's all. You know, what the NFL, I said this from the outset, the NFL, you know, probably bit off more than what it could chew. It, they really should have said from the beginning of the season, listen, we don't need 16 games. We don't. We need 17 weeks, but we don't need 16 games. And if they had 16 games, 
I still don't understand the reluctance of the NFL to push the season off even a week or so. Like, like they're bending over backwards, obviously, to get this Baltimore-Pittsburgh game in because they clearly do not want to go a 17th or an 18th season, uh, 18th week, rather. Uh, they, they want to get it in 17 weeks, the 16-game season with the one bye, obviously. I, I don't know why that is because out of all the sports, the NFL is the one that probably could push off its season a week, a two-week span, three weeks. You could probably even go an extra month in the NFL, and it really wouldn't affect football. You know, baseball, you start playing baseball, and whether it's in a bubble situation or not, you, you start playing baseball in November and, and December, and, and nobody's watching. I mean, listen, you, you're turning around a month later for spring training, nobody's watching. Same thing with the NBA and NHL. I mean, heck, as it is now, it's only been two weeks, uh, two months since we had our championships in both sports, and already we're starting up training camps which we'll get into here in a second. So they didn't want to push the NBA and NHL season off anymore because then it's going to really start screwing up with the following season. But the NFL doesn't have that issue. The NFL doesn't start basically training camp until July. You know, they got all these OTAs and all that other mumbo jumbo. But if they have their Super Bowl February 1st or a full month later, March 1st, it doesn't matter. They're not, a, you know, you got to change the draft and a couple of little goofy things like that. But actually changing next season and throwing things into a, a complete mess like it would the other sports, that's not the case in the NFL. So I, I don't quite get the reluctance of the NFL to say seemingly, absolutely, we got to get this in in 17 weeks. You think if you went to the networks, I don't know who's doing it. I think it's NBC this year. If you went to NBC or whatever network is actually televising the Super Bowl and said, listen, you know what, we, we can't do it February 1st. Uh, you know, with all the things going on, we got to push it off three weeks. We got to push it off two weeks. We got to push it off a month. You think uh, the, the network would say, well, you know what? We don't want to telecast the Super Bowl. You know, I, I know it's the number one TV show year in, year out. I know if you go down top 10 broadcast shows in the history of television, they'll all be Super Bowls. But, you know, nah, we don't want to do it. We want to run the reruns of The Voice. Sorry. Let, let, let the, the ABC do it instead. You think that would be the case? I don't think so. I, I think the networks would say, all right, you know what? We'd like to get it done in March. But, uh, you know, March is or, uh, February is basically a dead month. Sports-wise, I mean, there really is nothing to Daytona 500. Other than that, there's nothing going on. So, fine. You know what? Go ahead. Have it a week later. Have it two weeks later. Have it three weeks later. Whatever the case may be. That's what they probably would say. So, the NFL has the luxury of playing around with a couple of weeks, yet they seemingly are, are hell-bent on getting this thing in, in 17 weeks. And they, they should have had a 14-game schedule. They should have whacked two games off the schedule. They should have said, all right, we're going to play 14 games in a 17-week period. We're going to give each team at least two extra weeks to kind of fool around with for buys and reschedule things because of the virus. And listen, worse comes the worse, and we don't have issues with the virus, and it goes away. Well, you know what? We play 14 games. Big stinking deal. Every team loses one home game. It's not the end of the world. You know, in a year in which, uh, you know, Major League Baseball lost basically 100 games, uh, the NHL had to stop its operations, NBA, same thing. You know, the NFL could have lived with having two less regular season games. They really could have. But they wanted everything. They wanted the entire thing. They wanted all 16 games. They wanted all the playoff games. They wanted all the Super Bowls, everything being done at the, at the time it was supposed to be done. And now it's coming back to haunt them a little bit. But, you know, again, for Matthew Slater and some of these NFL players, listen, stop bitching and complaining. You know, go to your teams, ask for more, you know, uh, you know, care, uh, caring and, and taking, making sure that things are being clean. 
And if, if you're not comfortable with that, then go ahead and quit. You know, or go ahead and uh, you know stop playing this year. Opt out. We'll say quit, but opt out. Otherwise, you know what? Go to the bank every other Friday with a seven-figure paycheck and basically just shut up. 844-843-6879. All right, we'll get into the college football scene uh, as the uh, new rankings came out yesterday as far as uh, the top 25 is concerned with the playoffs. No major surprises. Uh, top seven remain the same, uh, which normally is not necessarily a story. However, it is this year because of Ohio State. You know, Ohio State not playing last week. They still only have four wins, and yet they remain number four. That is it. You're at Texas A&M, Florida, Cincinnati, in particular. Uh, we'll get into that. It's good news if you're a Notre Dame fan, because they spots, believe it or not, in the ACC championship. coming up? Big SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You know, I think the main focus is we don't care where we play. We don't care how it's played. We just want to play. Um, and when we get the the... The clear from all clear from NFL will be ready um, and that's all we can expect um, let our preparation reflect that and when we do that um, we can show down the confident field. everybody's focus is still where it needs to be or do you got to bring them back in a little bit uh, I'm 100% confident of that you know this group was leaning in on a short week man having an opportunity to be a part of a Thanksgiving primetime game uh, everybody grew up on football on Thanksgiving man they were excited about being a part of that. I think it's a natural response to be disappointed to lose that opportunity. Um, but that's over, and uh, we're getting focused on Tuesday night. Uh, some of our Mac guys are completely comfortable with playing on Tuesday night. Uh, so we're excited about it. on this Wednesday morning, 844-843-6879. Uh, that is uh, Cameron Hayward of the Pittsburgh Steelers and Mike Tomlin, head coach of the Steelers as well. Notice he threw that little Mac reference in there. I, I wonder if he did that on purpose. Mike being Mike, you know, remember he got ripped, uh, what was it, last week, two weeks ago? I forget, the last game anyway. Uh, as uh, he was saying, he was asked about playing the Jacksonville Jaguars, and he said, listen, this is not like Ohio State versus a MAC team. Or made some reference to minimize MAC football. And obviously, Ben Roethlisberger, their quarterback, played for Miami of Ohio out of the MAC. And then, you know, Big Ben said, well, wait a minute now, you know, take it easy on MAC football. So I, I wonder if that was just a coincidental uh, MAC throw in there, giving them a bone, or if uh, he had that in the back of his mind. But we do have football this afternoon. Pittsburgh laying 10 against Baltimore, over under 42. It's a tough game to play. You know, if you like playing with the boys in Vegas, it's tough. You know, what, what Ravens team are you going to get? Now, I will tell you. In college football, we've seen teams without quarterbacks, without running backs, without wide receivers, without offensive linemen, without defensive players, all in the same game, still come out and play well. You know, UCLA two weeks ago, missing basically their entire starting lineup, playing a seemingly better Oregon team and only lost by three. You know, Virginia Tech has had 15, 20, 25 players affected with the virus end up winning football games that weekend. So we've seen this occur time after time after time. 
little different in the NFL. You don't have the depth and the you know starters to reserves is a bigger drop in the NFL than it is in college football, where generally you can kind of mix and match. You know, quarterbacks are tough to replace, but even quarterbacks in most of these colleges, unless you're a superstar, hell, we saw with, with Clemson, you know, take the best quarterback that that college football has. You know, he misses the Notre Dame game and the replacement there is a stud waiting to happen. And he puts up 30 plus and darn near wins at Notre Dame going to double overtime. So, and you know, the, the difference, again, between the starters in, in college football, a little different than in the NFL. But that said, you know, we have seen uh, a number of college football teams really get decimated, not just four, five, six or seven that Baltimore may have to deal with. But, you know, literally 15, 20, 25 guys and still perform well that weekend. So I don't know if I would allow some of these COVID things. Uh, they might get Mark Ingram back and, and, and Dobbins, they're two, uh, two of the running backs anyway. That, that's going to help. Uh, they won't have Lamar Jackson. It will be RG3. But, you know, he's obviously a capable backup. Um, you know, chance for him to kind of, I don't know about resurrect his career, but, you know, chance for him to really solidify himself on that Baltimore Ravens roster and make him a feel a part of the team. And I've always been an RG3 guy. You know, get the short end of the stick in Washington. They screwed around with him. He never should have been put back in there when he hurt out, blew out his knee and, uh, you know, tried to win with the Cleveland Browns. Good luck doing that. Nobody could do that. So I always thought he deserved at least one more shot. Uh, maybe a great performance this afternoon. Uh, we'll open the door for him if he wants to leave Baltimore at the end of the season. I'm not sure what his contract situation is, but it's his second year there. So I don't doubt for a second he probably could leave. So I'd be a little hesitant to hop on uh, on the Pittsburgh Steelers if you're thinking that they're going to crush them because it's a short, you know, staffed uh, Ravens team. I'd be a little leery on that. I, you know, I'd, I'd be a little, you know, if you just think Pittsburgh is the greatest thing in the world, uh, undefeated team, then, then knock yourself out. But otherwise, I wouldn't count on Baltimore being this decimated team. You know, FanDuel does have interesting you know, the the, uh, the line on the game I mentioned is 10. Uh, if, if you want to bet Pittsburgh on the money line, you got to lay only, and I, and I do mean only, uh, five to one, which generally it's a little bit, uh, you know, more than that. Um, or at least I would have thought so anyway with a team that's a 10-point favorite. So you have to lay five to one. So you could go there. Now, it's a big number to lay. Or FanDuel, anyway, has whether Pittsburgh is going to go undefeated or not. And they have five games left, six games left, you know, theoretically. And you have to go 16-0. and 0. So if they were to cancel a game, then it wouldn't count. That'd be no bet. So you can get them at a 16-0. to 0. What do you think? A little pop quiz here real quickly. What do you think the odds are with six games left that Pittsburgh would go 16-0? I was a little surprised it was as high as it was. Um, believe it or not, you can get 5-1 to one on Pittsburgh going undefeated in the regular season. You can get odds at 15 to 1 on FanDuel if you think Pittsburgh's going to run the table and win the Super Bowl and go 19 to 0. That's a big jump from 5 to 1. I must say that's that's halfway decent odds. Now, as someone once pointed out to me, and it is true, it's enticing to take the 5 to 1, right? You think okay, you know, you look at their schedule, what do they have left? You know, how many games you can lose any game. Uh, you know, obviously, they darn near lost that Dallas when Dallas was playing crappy. Uh, not that they're playing great. So you, you can lose any game. Uh, but are, are they going to lose to Baltimore tonight? You know, despite what I just said or this afternoon, it, probably not. You know, pr probably not. Are they going to lose to Washington next weekend? 
You know, probably not. It is a short week. You know, Washington is playing for something, but, you know, probably not. Could they lose at Buffalo? Yeah. Are they going to lose to Cincinnati the following week with the, with the Bungles quarterback issues? No. Joe Burrow in there? You know, maybe. But otherwise, no. Uh, Big Ben owns the Bungles. Could they lose to Indianapolis, albeit at home, two days after Christmas? Yeah, you know, that they could. I don't think they will, but they could. And uh, could they lose to close out the regular season at Cleveland? Yes. Okay. So I got three games, you know, maybe four if you want to count tonight, just because it is a rivalry. So it's three and a half games that they could lose. They're going to be favored in all those games, unless they lose one of them. Although they'll be favored, obviously, next week against Washington. Uh, I I don't doubt for a second they will be favored at Buffalo. Won't be favored by a lot, but they will be favored. They'll be favored against the Bungles. They'll be favored against the Colts at home. And uh, they'll they'll be favored even at Cleveland to close out the regular season, especially if they're 15-0. So you're going to have to lay odds. However, to make a long story short here, you could grab Pittsburgh right now at 5-1, or let's just say to make it simple, you want to bet 100 bucks, you want to win 500 right? So you put $100 on Pittsburgh to win 500 if they go undefeated. If you take that same 100 and you put it on the money line every single week, you'll probably come up with higher odds than 5-1. to one. What do I mean? Well, there's two things you can do. I don't know if FanDuel allows this or not, uh, but one is called an open parlay. And that allows you to pick how many teams you want to put in your parlay. You know, one, two, three, four, five. Uh, In this case, we'll put six. And then you don't have to put all six teams in right away. You could put one team at a time in. And hence the open parlay. So you could, and again, I don't know if FanDuel has that, but you could do that and put Pittsburgh on the money line for the next six weeks. And again, the payout, I bet, would be more than five to one especially since you know at buffalo and at cleveland while they will be favored you know it's, it's they're not gonna be favored by a lot uh you know indianapolis uh albeit at home they'll probably be favored by about a touchdown or so uh probably laying three to one on the money line you know the buffalo cleveland game probably favored by three three and a half you know lay maybe two to one buck 75 or so on the money line you put those all in a, in a 16 parlay you know, I, I bet it would be. Or the other way is, even if your guy or your site or FanDuel doesn't allow these open parlays, you put $100 on Baltimore, right, on, on uh, the game t- today. All right, you're going to win. Uh, you put $100 to win 20 bucks, 5 to 1. All right, so now you put another $100, uh, 120 since you won the 20, and you remember you're risking 100 the whole way. So now you put $120 on Pittsburgh's money line against Washington. Let's say you win another $20. All right, now you got 140 to play with, but you're really only risking the 100. You put that 140 on Buffalo on the money line against Buffalo. Uh, you know, maybe you win 60 bucks. Now, now you're at uh, you know almost 200. We'll say. Now you take that 200. Again, you're only risking the original 100, uh, and then you put it on the money line against Cincinnati. And so let's say you win another 25, 30, 40 dollars on that. Uh, you know, maybe 50 bucks on that uh, because that is a road game, so the line might be that uh, not that high. And then you go from there and you take your winnings and then you do it again against Indianapolis. And then you take those winnings and you do it again, money line against Cleveland. And, you're, and the question would be, would that equal five to one? Or you're better off putting the five to one right now down uh, at 100 bucks. I think 
you'd probably accumulate more than $500 if you bet 100 every single week. And that, that's, that is your option. That, that's your, your possibilities. So, but either way, I was surprised you'd be getting five to one. Because um, you really, to me, only have a couple of games. And really, it's a matter of desire. And as long as Kansas City wins, Pittsburgh has to win to maintain the number one seed in the AFC. That, that's the kicker to it all. Um, if you know, Kansas City loses a game and Pittsburgh now has a game to, to give away, then I could see the Steelers kind of poo-pooing things. But knowing that they still want home field advantage, first of all, they want the buy. That's really probably the main thing. And then no doubt they would love to have home field advantage, fans or no fans in the stands, when they take on more than likely Kansas City in the AFC Championship game versus having to go to Kansas City. That's the big thing. All right, we look at the college football scene next. Ready to pick the next SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Our poll question is up a little late today. Got to get a couple of little wrinkles uh, out here uh, as we're adjusting to uh, NFL football on a Wednesday. Affects the morning show. Don't ask why, but it does. Uh, how many wins first up will the NFC East champ have from season's end? That was our poll question yesterday. Uh, the winner, if you will, six, which I kind of figured is what most people would say. Uh, there are four, four, uh, five games left, six games left, depending on uh, the, the team. And uh, the leaders have four. So the Giants, you know, sitting in the catbird seat right now uh, would uh, have to win only two more times to win the division. So six is your winner, uh, getting 56% of the vote. Seven, getting 22%. Uh, four or five wins, getting 17%. And uh, a couple of knuckleheads actually thought a team would get eight wins, uh, 3% of the vote. So appreciate you guys uh, voting. Uh, today's poll is just up. Uh, a very simple little uh, afternoon football here, so we'll keep it simple. Uh, what is the best play of the day? Pittsburgh laying 10, Baltimore plus 10, over 42, under 42. I would say probably the over 42. Uh, you know, there's always offensive guys that are willing to step up, no matter what. Uh, Pittsburgh's offense is terrific. I think they're chomping at the bit. I think RG3 is more than serviceable. I think he'll throw, you know, he'll be good for both teams. You know, he'll be able to get some points on the board for Baltimore, and he's uh, more than capable of throwing a couple of picks, maybe fumble the football a little bit and creating some easy scoring opportunities for Pittsburgh as well. So he's going to put points on the board for both teams. So Right now, I'm leaning towards the over 42 is the play of the day that we'll give out a little bit later on. But, um, you know, that's our poll question. Go to Opposite Picks, uh, O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Get your vote in there. We'll update that a couple times uh, throughout the show. All right, college football, the top seven teams in the uh, college football playoff rankings remain the same. Now, normally that's not a big story. Uh, this case it is because it includes Ohio State staying at four despite not playing last week. So they have only four games under their belt. They're 4-0. Alabama won. 
Notre Dame two, uh, Clemson at eight and one three, Ohio State at four and oh four, Texas A&M remains uh, five at six and one, Florida remains six at seven and one, and then the seventh ranked team Cincinnati uh, holds steady at an eight and zero record, and then it's Georgia, Iowa State, and Miami rounding out the top ten. Interestingly enough, it, you know, Oklahoma is uh, number eleven at uh, six and two. I say that because Indiana has one loss, but they lost their quarterback. Haddix Jr., BYU, did move up one slot from 14 to 13, thanks to Northwestern losing. The, the Wildcats were dropped all the way down to 14 after being in the top 10 last week. Uh, they are now 5-1 to one and, and, you know, more than likely done as far as getting a Final Four bid uh, in the NCAA championship, uh, you know, playoffs there. So, the, you know, the question remains, as it was last week, what are they going to do with Ohio State? It, it, it's really, listen, they got to play some games, right? I mean, there's, I don't think there's any doubt you can't get in with four games. And so if, if they were not to play again as much as they probably, and I do mean probably, not definitely, they probably are the fourth best team in the country. You can't put them in there with only four wins. However, I must say this year, more than any other, to be critical and to be fair as we like to do in life, Critical college football in that this was the year they really should have expanded the playoffs. We've talked about it like numerous times. There's just no reason in the world why they couldn't have added a couple of more teams, if not four more teams. And that's what I would have done. I would have made it an 18 playoff. You know, baseball expanded playoffs, NBA expanded playoffs, NHL expanded playoffs, football is adding a playoff team, extra playoff team in each conference. You know, all the other major sports all expanded the postseason. And the college football world, for whatever, decided, nope, we're going to be different. You know, we're going to sit in our little perch here and we're going to keep it the final four, no matter what situations are going on, no matter how many games one team may play, you know, 10 in the ACC versus uh, maybe five or six in the Big Ten. Doesn't matter. God forbid we should actually expand this thing. Man, I tell you, the four-letter network wants to do a corruption 30 for 30 or NFL channel or Fox or whoever. They won't. But. You you just take a look at the relationship between these college bowls and the colleges. Well, you, you talk about dirtier than dirt. You, you think AAU programs and agents and lawyers uh, and reps are, are dirty? Well, you, you, you spend some time, you spend some money and delve into the college football versus college football bowl games relationship and see how much these bowls just run this sport into the ground, just completely into the ground. It is remarkable, and the four-letter network is there to help the cause. So they're keeping it at four. But So that's critical of college football. But then, to be fair, I must say, this year, out of the last, you know, in recent memory, I'll, I'll tell you, there really isn't a lot of debate on who the top four teams are from a Power Five conference standpoint. Like, I, I'm a firm believer, and I'll give you evidence here in a minute, they're just never putting a non-power five team in. They're just not. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't care if Cincinnati were to beat Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, and Ohio State in back-to-back -back weeks. They're not putting them in. They're just not. So that leaves four slots. There's not much debate on who the four slots are, right? I mean, you know, it's Alabama. You know, it's Notre Dame and Clemson at this point. 
Uh, and they may weed itself out, you know, in the ACC championship game. You know, Ohio State by far is the best team in the Big Ten. Now, now it's just a matter of will they play a couple of more games and, and beat up on a couple of more patsies. But no one's saying that Penn State's better than Ohio State or Wisconsin's better than Ohio State or Michigan's better than Ohio State. We know Ohio State is the best team. So there's no controversy there. Texas A&M, they got walloped by like 30 points, whatever it was, 28, 30 points by Alabama. So there's the fifth best team on the outside looking in, and they got embarrassed by Alabama. Nobody really thinks Texas A&M is worthy of being in the Final Four. Same thing, with, in essence, with Florida, in that Florida is going to get to play Alabama in the national cha- in the uh, the uh, SEC championship game. So no one right now is yelling and screaming, saying, oh, Florida should be four, Florida should be three. It doesn't matter. They're going to play Alabama. It'll take care of itself. They're just like Notre Dame and Clemson, if you think, well, one of these two teams are overrated, don't worry about it. It's going to take care of itself. They're going to play in the ACC championship game. So there's no yelling. There's no debate. Say the same thing again with, with A&M. They lost Alabama. They got crushed by Alabama. You, you can't say they're a top four team. Florida's going to play Alabama. So you got to go all the way down to number eight, Georgia. Well, Georgia got whacked by Alabama, too, and they've lost two games. So no one's talking about Georgia really being a Final Four team. Iowa State at number nine. They have two losses. Now, they did beat Oklahoma, but they lost twice. They lost to Louisiana Lafayette, which I'm going to point out here in a second. Nobody, but nobody's saying Iowa State should be in the top four. And you go down to the last one in the top ten, Miami, right? They get embarrassed by Clemson. with it 42-7 it was? Nobody's saying Miami should be in the Final Four. So. This year, more than any other, there there really is no debate. There really isn't a need. If you want to keep it just power five teams, there probably is not a need to expand the playoffs to eight games. But that's excluding all the non-power five teams. You know, the Cincinnati's at eight, you know, uh, the, the, the undefeated, uh, you know, uh, Coastal Carolinas, uh, the undefeated, uh, you know, Marshalls of the world. You know, where those teams are yelling and screaming, saying, what about us? What about us? You know, the Pac-12 champ. Uh, boy, you talk about a conference that's getting no love at all. It's the Pac-12. So, but throw those guys out of the equation and just look at the top 10. There's no debate. There really isn't. So it's nice and easy. It's just a matter of whether Ohio State gets in. And, and they'll get in. They'll find a way to put them in. Uh, even if they only play one more Big Ten game, the Big Ten can change its rules about playing in the Big Ten championship. College football playoffs don't need them to be in the Big Ten championship anyway, but I got a feeling, you know, the Big Ten would step in, especially now that Northwestern has lost. I think they would step in and say, listen, it's a crazy year. If it wasn't for Ohio State, we probably wouldn't be playing because those are the guys that really first started this little petition there of getting football underway in the Big Ten. So let's just change the rules a little bit. They're the best team by far. We want to put them in the playoffs, so let them play in our Big Ten championship. I don't doubt for a second that will occur. But there really, again, is not much debate on these teams being up and down. But when you look at this stuff, when you look at the rankings, you know, I gave you the top 10, and real quickly, Oklahoma 11, Indiana 12, BYU 13, Northwestern 14, Okie State 15, uh, Wisconsin at 2-1, and one, 16, North Carolina falls to 17, Coastal Carolina, which is 9-0, sits at 18, uh, Iowa's at 19, USC, which is 3-0 at 20, Marshall undefeated 21, Washington, Oregon, Tulsa, and Louisiana Lafayette close out the uh, top 25. Now, let's start with the Sun Belt. Clearly, this committee wants no part of the Sun Belt. And while you think that may be, okay, why should they? Think about this. I know in our world, if A beats B and B beats C, A theoretically should be able to beat C since they beat 
B, which beats C, in a little triangle. I know the world doesn't necessarily live that way, but consider this. Louisiana Lafayette at 8-1 and one beat Iowa State. Yeah, they, they started on the road. They opened up the season knocking off Iowa State, which is ranked ninth in the country, which has two losses. Iowa State, in turn, beat Oklahoma, which also has two losses, but is ranked 11. So you have Iowa State and Oklahoma out of the Big 12 ranked 9th and 11th. Yet Coastal Carolina at 9-0, which beat Louisiana, follow along now, which remember beat Iowa State, Coastal Carolina somehow or another, even at 9-0, is only ranked 18th. How's that possible? How's that possible? I mean, I know it's the Sun Belt. I get it. But if you're telling me the second-place team in the Sun Belt beat the first-place team, Iowa State, in the Big 12, then it would only make sense that the first-place team in the Sun Belt should be ranked higher than the first-place team in the Big 12, right? Especially if the first-place team in the Sun Belt, the Coastal Carolina, at 9-0, has a better record than the first-place team in the Big 10, Iowa State, at 7-2. and but they're not. Now, not only aren't they not ranked higher than them, they're not even close to them. As again, Iowa State is nine and Coastal Carolina is 18. And you may be saying, well, this is Sun Belt. It's one game. Come on. You know, it's Coastal Carolina. We don't even know what Carolina this, the, the game, the, the team is from. It's actually South Carolina. But you know what? Sun Belt's not bad this year. The Sun Belt is 11 and 6, the, the top teams, if you throw away the, the Texas states of the world. Uh, but if you take like the top six or seven teams in the Sun Belt, they're 11 and 6 in non conference play. Now, not a lot of them are, 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 are Power Five wins. Uh, I looked, I only saw two the Iowa State one, and then there was one against Kansas by uh, Coastal Carolina, which I know it's Kansas, so I'm not going to throw that out there like it's a, a monstrous win. But they are 11 and 6 in non conference competition. That's pretty darn good. Sun Belt is, is very good this year. It is. You got App State, you got Louisiana, Louisiana Lafayette, and you got Coastal Carolina as three, you know, really respectable teams that were ranked this year. So, but are they going to put Coastal Carolina up there? No. But they got no qualms putting a 7 and 2 Iowa State team up there. They got no qualms putting Oklahoma. I mean, how do you put Iowa State at 7 and 2? Ninth, and yet the team they lost to, uh, Louisiana Lafayette, at 25. Doesn't make sense. Bengals and Bad Beats on this uh, Wednesday morning. All right, we'll close at hour number one next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Wednesday morning, 844-843-6879. Look at the college football rankings that came out yesterday. The updated rankings, week number two of this thing. And they got a few more weeks to go 
So obviously, as we pointed out, the, the, the ranking folks to the committee wants no part of the Sun Belt, just no part of it, uh, despite the fact that Coastal Carolina is 9-0 and and, uh, you know, beat one of the better teams in the conference in Louisiana Lafayette, which beat the best team in the Big 12. They also want no part of the Pac-12. And clearly, they want no part of the Pac-12 either, because USC right now is its highest-ranked team at 3-0. Washington is 3-0. Those two teams don't face each other in the regular season. They're in opposite divisions. So they could theoretically, obviously, face each other in a Pac-12 championship. But they're ranked so low that even if one of those two teams were to run the table, they're not reaching at this point. You know, they only got, realistically, three more weeks, right, to go. There's just no way that they would be able to move, uh, you know, 16 slots in the case of USC and even more so for Washington up the ladder to get into a top four spot. They they basically just said, you know what, Pac-12, here's your punishment for starting so damn late. You got no shot, no shot whatsoever. It would take a minor miracle uh, for USC or Washington. They would need both to move up. You know, that that's the problem. You know, if USC moves up to, say, number 10, but Washington, you know, hangs around 15, 16, 17, uh, you know, if USC to beat Washington in a Pac-12 title game, well, what, what's that going to give them? Nothing. You know, they need to be able to beat a top 10 team. So you would need both clubs out of the Pac-12 to move up in the rankings. And that's just not going to happen over the next two weeks. It, it's just two, three weeks. It, it's not. So uh, the committee said basically, you know what, Pac-12, uh, Pac again, this is your punishment for starting so Thanks for nothing. Thanks for joining the party. But the party is Maybe the bad beats went out of books. Let me go ahead. Build digital first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360.